Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, May 12, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We got a lot of stuff on the docket. There's a lot of notes on the notepad. We're going to get into all the specifics about the markets. We're going to look around the horn and we're going to also offer some downside projections in terms of this current move. Where exactly is it going? Where is it likely to find at least interim support? Let's start with the daily chart. What's jumping off the page? The first thing that jumps off the page at me is almost reaching 50 period moving average today. It's far down from where we were just a couple, three trading days ago where the market was making new highs. Let's just recap something for the sake of recapping it. The market was always going to turn. I got the timing wrong of the turn. That happens. If I was perfect, I would have gotten it right. But remember what I said after it was wrong. I said it doesn't matter. The market might go a little higher it's still gonna turn and the same stuff's gonna happen anyway. You can go back to the videotapes, I probably said it a dozen times. So here we are, they made the turn. Here's a weekly chart. Now the week's obviously not over yet, we have two more days to trade through this week. However, based on what's going on now, is it likely this is gonna wind up as a bona fide reversal week? Until and unless they actually have a rescue operation over the last couple of days of the week and wipe out this reversal candle, that's gonna be the story under development. What's also interesting about this decline is the media seems not to be able to assign a specific reason. What was the catalyst? Why did the market go down? They seem to wanna pin it on a variety of different things depending on who you're watching and when you're watching. However, They really haven't come up with a reason why. It appears that the default is inflation. But inflation's not new news. We talked about this many, many times. The Fed was trying to create inflation. So if in fact the Fed was trying to create inflation and then they did create inflation, why does everybody look so surprised when we get inflation? You remember the discussion back then We talked about why does the Fed want to create inflation? When they create inflation, the stuff that you and I buy costs more. Why is that good? Nobody seems to be able to explain that one. Seems pretty simple and logical to me. So guess what? That being the case, not the inflation part, but the part where there's no real catalyst on why the market turned. So therefore, and it goes back to something we talked about many times as well, The market was just out of time. We didn't know, or at least I didn't know, when that time was going to be up. So what do we do? We look for signs and signal of a trend change. The other day, when the market put in this reversal candle, we began talking about the sign and signal of a trend change. These are all covered in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, but that's the way the market works. It has to morph from one thing to another. It morphs from shorter time frames to longer time frames. Now you see all of a sudden it's already morphing onto the weekly chart or it has morphed onto the weekly chart, but it's all based on where the week closes by Friday afternoon. Today, the selling really wasn't that fast, but it was indiscriminate across the board. What does that mean? Well, you'll hear terms like it was a 90% down day, 
that's the case, what I look at is my list of stocks. Now, my list of stocks includes the S&P 500, but not all 500, just the ones that I think are tradable opportunities. Some of them just aren't. They're either thin volume, they're too low priced, whatever. So, or too high priced for that matter. So my list, S&P, NASDAQ companies, Dow companies, my list has about 425 names on it, give or take. It goes up, it goes down a little, but that's where it is right now. Today, 27 were up, the rest were down. What does that tell you? It tells you everything was getting thrown out with the bathwater. Now let's circle back to something we just talked about, which is there's real no catalyst. Now, in effect, there is, there's a lot of things that are wrong, right? There's too much debt. The taxes are going up. Interest rates are going up. Here we're looking at the 10-year treasury note interest rate, about the 30-year treasury bond interest rate. Wasn't the Fed telling everybody that they were gonna keep interest rates extremely low for years? Yeah, they did tell us that, but nobody realizes they can't affect the long end of the curve to an extent. They can buy bonds and they can drive it down periodically and temporarily, but until they're able to own all the bonds or buy all the bonds, the interest rate will be, from the long end of the curve, market-driven. We talked about this many times as well. Interest rates stifle the economy. High interest rates stifle the economy. If money is cheap, companies can borrow money at next to nothing, they invest that money in plant, equipment, people, whatever it is, and they get a return on that investment, and since the borrowed money was basically next to zero, all the gain on the return on investment is profit. They pay back the loan, and the rest is history. When you and I are able to borrow money at very, very cheap interest rates, everything costs less. When we take a mortgage on a house, it's a low payment. Guess what? When interest rates rise, the payment goes up. You can afford less house as a general rule. That's just the way it works. Will the market attempt to snap back? Yes, it will. When we see these corrective moves, we'll see large moves in both directions. You'll see rip your face off rallies and you'll see indiscriminate selling. You'll see hard and fast selling on some days. Some days you'll see a slow leak a slow meltdown like we saw today. Here's a 10-minute chart from today. It was a slow meltdown. Everything right of the vertical is today. We had a gap down and a meltdown. So it's very difficult to sell resistance when the market really doesn't give you an opportunity. That happens a lot in corrective moves. They don't wanna let you in. Same thing happens in the rip your face off rallies. Before you know it, the market's up half the amount it was down 15 minutes ago. There were no rip-your-face-off rallies today, but there will be in days to come. Let's check out what was going on inside the numbers today. We'll run through the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. Keep in mind, the first post is right around zero dark 30, maybe 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. Tump day, wake up slightly red after they ran some tests down near yesterday's lows. That was overnight. Awareness, and this is, again, at the time when they did that, they ran a test testing yesterday's lows, they made a higher low. So when you look at the chart, the first thing on your mind is, or the first thing on my mind is, hey, they made a higher low, never know. Here in the early thoughts, it was never know camp, so we didn't know whether they were gonna make a higher low and try and rally the market or drop them. And at the time, most of the stocks that I look at 
weren't really down that much. Again, this is like 8.30 in the morning. So by the opening bell, everything changes, but this is what was posted in the early thoughts. That's why I say we don't know what will happen after the opening bell, but the awareness stuff is growing. Now let's see what we have as the day begins to get underway. Whoop, 8.30, they didn't like the CPI and sent price down. Well, that was the tell early in the morning. So everything that happened before 8.30 doesn't really matter at that point. All of a sudden, the futures are selling hard. Things change. Guess what? Fair enough. We'd rather have the volatility than a floater anyway. Now, let's see what else we have. Now, 8.50, we want to start narrowing things down. We want to talk about some numbers. So the market had its wake-up call. Let's cover the numbers. They spiked yesterday's low when the drop happened after the CPI release. So they ran a test, spiked it, bounced back, and. So we don't know yet, and, but that's what happened at the time. What we will do is wait and see where they open and whether or not we get another test or worse after the opening bell. Opening below 411.80 leaves the door ajar for 4.10 and lower. Now, let's pay attention to something because important numbers are important for a reason. So remember, they went all the way down and they spiked yesterday's low, which means in the pre-market they were below 4.10. Then all of a sudden I'm saying opening below 411.80 leaves the door ajar. So they've already been down at 4.10 and I'm telling you this number's important. And there it is. So here's a five minute chart, right of the vertical is today's activity, and the opening print today happens to be 411.23. They tried to rally up before the opening bell to 411.80. They didn't get there, they opened below, they ran a test after the bell, and they failed. Here's a picture of what happened before the opening bell. So this is the same chart, but with the pre-market activity, here's 8.35 when they dropped the market after the CPI release. The low was 409.29, so they spiked yesterday's low. They spiked the big fat round number we talked about, 410, and they rallied it all the way back to the same spot. So that was an important number. We had another one, if they kept going, opening above another number would have been more bullish, but that didn't happen, so we don't have to worry about it. Let's see what else we have as the day still doesn't get underway yet. Now, already, 917, I see the writings on the wall. It's likely we see at least a test of yesterday's low, if not lower. We don't know what will happen, just that it's likely to happen. Come up short, spike through, either way it's on the table. If they kill the market, remember yesterday's spot around a spike through 408. Still a spot if reached. Let's move along, let's see what else we've got. 934, buy the dip crowd showed up again. Will they be able to hold the market again, or pay attention to this one, Will they get a pie in the face today? 411.80. It's all about 411.80. Staying above leaves the door open for more. Remember 413.50, so there's a couple of numbers squeezed together up there, but they didn't get there, so it doesn't matter. Here's a little preview of a stock on the move, base hit on L-I-T-E. Then the SPY got quiet. They weren't really doing anything. They were going back and forth in a chop shop formation. Again, below 411.80, the door is open for the lows from yesterday, and obviously lower. Another preview, VUZI, we'll get back to stocks on the move later. Now they were running a test of yesterday's lows. Another stock on the move, TSM, does the deal. The market was really slow. At this point, there's no way to know if they'll spike it or come up short and bounce. That's yesterday's lows. So here's an image of what happened. They were 
eating time off the clock. And what happens is the more time they eat off the clock, the less we want to know about yesterday's lows around 410 because that's the market's way of indicating that it's got another destination. They hung around for a cup of coffee. Let's move along. Let's see what else we've got. Nice bounce on SLQT for the minimum required base hit. We'll get back to stocks on the move. At this point, they were hovering around the lows. It was a guessing game. There was no conviction either way. But we knew an important number, 411.80. Until they got above and started closing candles above 411.80, there was no upside to be had. So they can run tests. They can go back and forth. But to buy the market before they were able to recapture 411.80 wasn't in the cards. Let's see what else we've got. Again, writing on the wall, don't know yet, but they should run a better test of the low by spiking through. That's from where I sit. We're moving right along. And we kind of know that the market went into a meltdowns type of scenario. So we'll scroll up, let you read the notes, pause the video, go back to the charts, and double check the work. What you'll see is below 408, 406.50 came up, and you can see from the chart, 408 and 406.50 was a zone, but even though they went back and forth in the zone, they never were able to bounce out of the zone, and again, that tells us they're eating time off the clock. While it was a destination, they certainly didn't get out of there in a hurry, which tells us there's another destination on the table. They're just not ready yet. And we'll scroll up, let you read the notes, and go back to the charts to double-check the work. Now, we can go back down to stocks on the move and see what happens. So we had a list of stocks that hit their numbers today. So we'll take a look at the charts. We're really only focused on the morning activity because when the market started melting down, obviously everything gets thrown out with the bathwater, but the trades had already taken place. VUZI was the first one you saw on the list. 1565 was on the board bright and early. So they come into 1565, they bounce up to a high of 1608. Doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're talking about a $15, $16 stock, that's significantly more than the base hit. And also the takeaway is that was obviously the number, buzz cut, no buzz cut. They hovered around and stalled around that number all day long. Dollar General, this one snuck into the number, it creeped into it, hung out for a cup of coffee. It did bounce, but it never gave you the full-on base hit. It just hovered around that number for the majority of the middle part of the day. And then obviously as the market melted down, everything gets thrown out with the bathwater. About select quote, doesn't look like much, and I know it's hard to see, but when you start looking at the high that was made here at $22.48 on a $22 stock, that's more, significantly more, than the base hit. That's not a rocket ride, but again, we know that the base hits put us in the Hall of Fame. We don't know when the rocket rides are going to occur. That's why we suggest taking some or half the profit off the table when you get the base hit, and if they continue on, you get the best of both worlds. You get what we call a risk-free, emotionless trade. If they come back down, you sell it, and you still made a profit. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. I don't care what anybody says. Tower Semiconductor comes into 2497, and over here making a high of 2570. It's a nice trade. You could see what happened later. They came back for the retest. They took off again. Nothing wrong with that trade. Significantly better than just a base hit. Space, 1637. 
Here you can see it bounced off that number, made a high of 1672, does the deal. More than the deal. Thrown out with the market the remainder of the day. How about Grubhub? Exactly what happened on Grubhub today was I had an order in, $60.43. I don't get filled on the order, and you can see from this one-minute chart here, makes a high of 60.75. It's not really the total base hit, but when it comes back down, I don't want it anymore because it did bounce away. Now, it didn't do the full-on base hit, but for me, I just stopped watching it, and it didn't work anyway, but I'm not sure if anybody got filled on that first try at 60.43 or not. But in official terms, it didn't work. I think I'm just lucky that I didn't get filled. Now, what are we going to do with Camp IWM? So we already know the deal. They already closed below this pivot low. Yesterday they saved it. Today they gave up the ghost. Now they're working on this pivot low, 208.03. More importantly, for me at least, is the weekly close on the IWM. The weekly number that I'm concerned with is 217.67. Whether or not they can rally it back by the end of the week to close above that, who knows? But what I do know is if they close below it, then the monthly chart start looking more and more right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. Now, just for kicks, while we have this chart up, we talk about something all the time. What we talk about is how markets like to come back and test former breakout and former breakdown areas. Now, this is a monthly chart, so these things take a long time to materialize, months. But technically, isn't this the zone that we would identify as the most recent breakout area on this chart? These numbers aren't refined. This is arbitrary. But what it is is the market ran up to this spot. Let me get a pen out. It ran up to this spot here and it was rejected. It ran up again, and it was rejected. Then it broke out, so ultimately it's going to come back down into this area, isn't it? Now, we don't know exactly when that's going to happen, and oh, by the way, here's your moving average. Here's home base. 20-period moving average, ironically enough, right in that zone. Sometimes you can't make this stuff up. When you look at 3.5% down day, and the SPY was down over 2%, which is a lot, but this one was outpacing it. It's my favorite market-leading indicator. Why is that? It's because it's a market-leading indicator. Last night, we talked about the VIX. We talked about the spot around here, 33, 32, 90. It's a neighborhood. All of a sudden, it's not that far away. How you doing? What about the folks down at the transportation department? Tail candle, two days later, visit to home base. How's this week going to shape up? We don't know yet. It's not the end of the week but they're working on a reversal week. Look at this. Go back to the course, lazy e-mini trader, and tell me what you find when you look at this monthly chart from the transportation department. Who's running the ship over there now? The guy from uh, Indiana, the Mayor Pete. Hey, Mayor Pete, you better strap on your seatbelt over there down at the transportation department. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? So yesterday, they saved the 100-period moving average, fake out, technology out behind the woodshed. What happens if they give up the 20-period moving average this week after running a test, making a new high, having a false breakout, rolling over, and giving up the 20-period moving average on a weekly close? What do you think the ramifications are of that? And they're working on a reversal month. Again, it's early in the month. It's only halfway home. But we watch these things because you never know. Remember, 
Everything morphs from a shorter chart, shorter time frame chart, onto the larger time frame charts. Everything starts from somewhere. Might as well stay on the monthly theme for a moment. How about the XLF? What are they doing here? Putting in a monthly tail candle, maybe? Again, halfway through the month, we don't know yet. But we've got a weekly reversal in the making, two days left. We'll see what happens by Friday. Once they shut down the week, by Friday's close, I'm all over these charts like stink on shit. If we start getting some reversal weeks. How about Smash Mouth? Woodshed, almost 10 bucks, 4%. Yesterday, they close above the gap as the fake out operation, and then today, they kill it. Same as the Qs. Check this out. 20 period moving average test. Try to make new highs, make a lower high. Now look at this divergence. The Qs make a higher high, and the SMH makes a lower high, and now is giving up the 20 period moving average. What do you think the ramifications are of that? Now, I said I was gonna give some downside projections, downside targets, whatever you wanna call them. This is the SPY, that's what I'm gonna do it on. So here's the situation. When I give them to you, I'm not telling you it's happening tomorrow. I'm not telling you it's happening on Monday. I'm not telling you when it's happening. What I'm telling you is that based on what I calculated, before the market makes a meaningful bottom, Meaningful would constitute a rally that lasts more than a day or two or three, but one that should last two or three weeks. Not up every day, but some days up, some days sideways, back and forth, but a two or three week relief rally. You know, the kind where they make everybody believe everything's fine now, you hit bottom, that was it, the correction's over, life goes on. That kind of a bottom. That's where it has to be. Now, let's talk about something. Could it come here, right? Didn't the market break out from there? Didn't it break out from here? So couldn't that be a zone just like we discussed a moment ago? It could be. And you probably will find support there. For me, that would be daily chart support. What does that mean? That means one of those two three-day bounce opportunities, but not the one where it's for several weeks, not the one where they have to scare everybody into realizing that they just realized there's a correction underway. Maybe they should sell everything. And once they do, the market's down in that neck of the woods. That's the one I'm talking about. Doesn't necessarily mean it would be the end of this corrective move, but it would be an important zone to be reached and find support during this corrective move. Now, these numbers are what comes out of the calculator. It could spike it by a little bit. They could get all the way down to 380. We don't know exactly but that's the number, or those are the two numbers that I came up with. We'll leave them on the chart for a while, see what happens. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're gonna pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.